0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard the TV pilot's license, flight number 47, with service to Juvan, Tokyo. We ask that you please fasten your headphones at this time, secure your podcasting device, and remember, if you decide to eat on this airplane at a non-designated meal time or snack time, you will be kicked off the plane immediately, even mid-flight. Welcome to the TV Pilots License. My name is Jeff Kurvis, joined by Max Singer and Rich Inman. How are you boys doing today? I'm doing great. I'm ready for some crime fighting. Oh,
1: I didn't know today's <laughs> flight was going back to pandemic <laughs> rules. About meeting. I'm
2: I'm so excited Ru- for our first strike-friendly episode. This is uh, this is awesome. It's a solidarity
0: pod. Yeah. Well. Boys, I'm really excited too, because this week we are diving into our first little bit of Japanese anime uh, and talking about Sailor Moon. But before we do so, it appears that there is a masked man in a tuxedo vaguely (laughs) holding a single rose and a jewelry store owner who seems to be selling jewelry at an extreme discount that can't be profitable. (laughs) This week, our guests are a pair of comedians. Actors and writers that recently sold out LA's Elysian Theater and have another show at the Elysian on August 18th with tickets available now for sale. Please welcome Dan Duddy and Jasper Lewis. Welcome,
3: Dan and Jasper. Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much. Thank you so oh, much. Ring your so call here. buttons. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Oh, What an intro. I feel so fancy. Am I the one uh, running the jewelry store? Am I the one with the rose? Yeah, yeah you're, you're, the
2: you're more Okay,
3: <laughs> that's what I thought. <laughs>
1: well,
0: Dan and Joss, thank you so much for joining us. Um, you two actually brought Sailor Moon to us. So before we even get started, I'd love to hear what's the connection to this beloved property?
3: Well, I'll start. So for me... I think it's a little bit more. Um, it's a little more simple. I uh, had a huge crush on um, Sailor Moon, and I feel like I was sexually awakened um, in my youth. But when I came, uh, when I when I when you guys asked me to come on, and, and I came to Jazz, uh, you know, to be on the podcast, I I came to her specifically because I knew she was someone who loved a lot of weird television. Um, and would know uh, obscure pilots and the quirks and intricacies of said pilots. Um, so Jass my person. When she said Sailor Moon, I was like, let's go.
2: <laughs> we need you for our end-of-year roundup where we just pick three shows that absolutely flop and then and just do a show on those.
4: <laughs> oh, my God, I would love that. I'm the <laughs> perfect person for that. Um... <laughs> um, so let's circle back. Um, my connection with Sailor Moon... I was actually telling Duddy this story um, like I don't know if you recall, like I don't know how old you guys are, but like back in the day, every big box retailer would have this section in the back of the store that was for crafts and they would have these big tables with like the McCall's pattern books on them and the, the, the books, they'd be chained to the table, thick pages. You'd flip through them, find the thing you want to make, and then you would pick out the pattern from the drawer underneath. And so I would just go back there and hang out while my mom did all of her mm-hmm. shopping. And I, like, found this pattern for Sailor Moon costumes. And, like, I had never seen the anime aesthetic before. And so I saw the graphics, and I was like, what the fuck is Sailor Moon? This is a <laughs> um, And then I went home, and, like, I I think it, like, it was, like, Netscape or whatever the browsers were back then. And I, I like, yeah. I researched Sailor Moon on the early internet. And I was obsessed. I was like, "This, this is airing yeah. on TV right now."
3: Uh, 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 Definitely dating ourselves right exactly. now. Exactly. Our browser.
4: You know what? We use sunscreen every day, though. You would never know. You would never know. You would never well, know. Yeah. Rich um, is
0: only eighteen years old, so he has no idea what we're yeah, talking I'm, about.
4: I'm, Wait, are you serious? I'm a
0: resident Gen no. Z. <laughs> I'm a resident Gen Z. We versus...
4: you yeah, like use sunscreen that's too. The, that's a proper reaction. You look like you have a whole beauty regimen. So, like. I would be- listen. I would believe it. Thank
2: you so much. I keep this camera at a
0: very low resolution.
4: Oh, even better. You look like a baby. What? Um. Okay. Let's
0: see. It's getting younger and younger. You look like an ultrasound. Yeah. You look like, you look like a zygote. Stop it. Wow. Um, guys.
4: But yeah, so my my connection to Sailor Moon goes way back. And then that's
0: that's amazing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I feel like Sailor Moon is a show that you like. You learned about while researching on the family computer. Like when, like the computer had a room <laughs> yes, that it lived exactly. in, and you only had wanted you all to share it.
3: All
4: had to a share of, it. a lot of
2: Sailor Moon themed Zanga pages.
4: Yes. <laughs> oh
0: my god! So really excited to dive in a little bit deeper. But for folks who might have just found us randomly through an algorithm, or maybe are looking for Dan and Jazz, Max, what is this podcast all about?
1: So here at TV Pilot's License, we talk about the debut episodes of some of TV's most famous or, in some cases, infamous shows. We learn about how these projects came to be, determine if they're effective shows that make us want to watch more, and if we think they could be made today. Go back, listen to all of our episodes wherever you get your podcasts from. Go find favorites, things you may never have seen before if you feel a little bit bold and spicy. Uh, And if it is your first time
2: flying with us, then welcome aboard today. And Rich... What is your question of the week? Oh, boy. Uh, so watching this brought up a lot of memories of Saturday morning cartoons. Anything on Nickelodeon that would be my jam. I wanted to know what was your Saturday morning cartoon of choice. If you could go back right now and relive that memory.
0: What, what, what are you picking? Oh, it, what a tough question. <laughs> Max why don't you lead us off so my go-to as a
1: kid where they used to do a thing on cartoon network called super chunk on saturday mornings where it would be like four hours straight of just one cartoon and i i loved those i would also like vcr record those super chunk blocks and then i would have like bootleg tapes of these things to watch in perpetuity like four hour blocks of Cow and Chicken bootlegs and, like, yeah. Two Stupid Dogs bootlegs. Those are my, like, Grateful Dead tapes that, like, Rich is selling, too. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, uh, Two Stupid Dogs in particular. A binge of that was my absolute jam in, in my youth.
3: Uh, for me, I had... Um, there was a block, and I forget what the name of the channel was or, like, what, like... But once I say you guys... Or anyone listening that knows, knows immediately what it would be. So it was... Pokemon Yu-Gi-Oh back to back because I was really cool and very popular um, and then Yu-Gi-Oh would sometimes switch off with like there was one I think my favorite of that like that coupling like Pokemon was always there that was a staple from you know uh, the beginning of time but they would always pair it with like the next big thing Yu-Gi-Oh for a long time and then there was a show called Shallon Showdown. It had like three seasons.
1: Ooh. Um oh man, you just like got like a deep part of my brain. I've mean, never even
3: heard of Shallon Showdown. <laughs> oh my god, it was the best. Yeah, it wow. was this little like uh his he he was this little monk. And it was like Avatar, but like it, not Avatar. Um, but they collected little trinkets. Anyway, Shallon Showdown absolutely slapped. I think it only had like three seasons, but every I I enjoyed every bit of it.
4: For me, I would have to say that it would be the um Saturday morning version of the Sonic the Hedgehog show. So there the the adventures. So there were two Sonic the Hedgehog shows. One was super bobo and then one was really good. So there's like the adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog, which is like <laughs> slapstick comedy, like very Looney Tunes-esque. And then there was, I think it was just called Sonic the it was just called Sonic the Hedgehog. And that one had like That had a three-season arc, and it was, like, really dark. And as a child, I was just very, I was very into it. So that, I think that would be my go-to. I was obsessed. It got batman Yeah,
3: yeah.
0: (laughs) What about you, Jeff? So, Rich, uh, as our resident nerd, you know I definitely watched way too many cartoons as a child. Uh, Everyone has talked about a cartoon that I have watched, or I did watch during uh, Saturdays. Uh, with a big old bowl of cereal, and I was maybe two feet away from the screen. The X-Men cartoon, which we have not done on this show yet. We probably will be doing sometime soon. That show slaps. There were so many versions of the X-Men cartoon as well. There was, like, the Mutant X and all that fun stuff. But also, I'm a Looney Tunes boy. Like, I, I love the Looney Tunes Ooh. so much. Rich, what about yourself? Oh, man. Uh, and
2: it, I realized the irony of me asking a question and then re- having to rethink my own answer over and over again. But I was like going back and forth between Doug and Angry Beavers and Cat Dog and Recess. And I think I still am end- going to end up landing on SpongeBob. It was just like right at the moment where... I was like starting to get over cartoons a little bit and I still caught like the very beginning of it when it became like a cultural phenomenon because that that shit was everywhere still is it's become like the basis of every single like meme format basically people still make Spongebob references from like 25 years ago that are extremely relevant right now it is it is yeah it's it's a it's a monoculture and and uh I just absolutely love that show so much as also big sponge was one of my favorite yeah big sponge guy uh, I'm also very, uh, uh, very fond of the voice actor, Tom Kenny and anything that he is. And like, after that, I'm, I'm watching everything. Um, it made me fall in love with Mr. Show just cause I could remember, I could recognize that voice immediately. I,
3: I have to say something about this. Uh, I know this isn't a debate show, but can I debate this? <laughs> yeah. Cause, cause <laughs> I, I feel like sure. a lot of Whatever these answers weren't like. <laughs> Like mine were specifically on Saturday morning. I was all about to say oh the same thing. But SpongeBob's a weeknight show. Nick Nicktoons
4: are afternoon weeknight, weeknight shows, and sometimes the Snick block. But like Nickelodeon, early mornings. Like that was just like kind of reruns. Whereas like for Saturday morning cartoons, I feel like you oh. tune in every Saturday to see like a new. This is something you only get to see once a week on Saturday mornings.
3: So I reject your answer. Oh,
4: like-
2: okay. <laughs> 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 oh shit! Your pilot.
4: wrong.
1: <laughs> hey, all right. Which, should I change um, it to I, recess? I hate to- <laughs> I hate to do this to you, but it's in the bylaws of the podcast. Uh, You're out, and Dan is
0: now our third host. Oh, man. (laughs) Dan is one of the captains now. (laughs) This is the first time anyone's been wrong in the 45 episode history of this podcast. I guess I'm making the first mistake. That's amazing. Well, Rich. (laughs) No, it's Um, all tunes are valid. (laughs) I, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, 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 challenge no, us. No, no, challenge, challenge us. Rich <laughs> in particular. He needs to be brought down. <laughs> yeah. Well, You just, you just wait until hey. I'm here. You're going down. Oh my God. Well, Rich, thank you for that question of the week. And I am so sorry about your demotion. Uh, before we dive into Sailor Moon, a quick word from our sponsors. Thanks to our sponsors. Um, so let's dive into Sailor Moon and we'll kick it off just with a really quick synopsis. The magical action adventure of a teenage girl who learns of her destiny as the legendary warrior Sailor Moon and must band together with the other sailor scouts to defend the Earth and galaxy. That is a lot to expect from a children's cartoon. Uh, But Max, (laughs) I'm hoping you can clarify how this got made. So today we are talking
1: about the pilot for the anime Sailor Moon, a pilot so nice they named it twice, depending on if you watched it in Japan or the U.S. Uh, This episode, originally titled The Crybaby, Usagi's Beautiful Transformation, which premiered on March 7th, 1992, and in the United States as a moon star is born on August 28th, 1995, is the child of an animator and writer uh, by the name of Naoko Takeuchi. Uh, Takeuchi actually got her start as a uh, licensed pharmacist with a degree in chemistry who, on the side, would write manga in her free time. Uh, her first work, Love Call, earned her the New Artist Award from Nakayoshi Magazine, a monthly manga pop, uh, publication whose history dates back to 1954 in Japan. And off of that success, she starts developing the concept for an outer space action series with girl fighters and publishes the one-shot codenamed Sailor V. Uh, She gets approached by Toei Animation to bring Sailor V to series, and Takeuchi expands upon the concept, creating the series Sailor Moon, which begins its serialization in Nakayoshi in December of 1991, becoming an instant hit for the magazine. Originally, both the anime and manga of Sailor Moon were intended to be one season each with a six-month run, but the immediate popularity of both led to Takeuchi writing additional seasons for both programs. Uh, Because both forms were basically being published simultaneously, the anime actually only lags behind the manga by like a month or two, so viewers are pretty much able to see adaptations in close to real time. Uh, Takeuchi has stated, though, that the anime has a slightly more male perspective due to Toei's largely male production staff. In 1995, a bidding war in the U.S. breaks out to bring this concept stateside with two major players, and we are going to talk about both today. One would be to dub and broadcast the original series, And one would be to adapt the show into a live action series in an attempt to capitalize the success of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Uh, That long lost pilot has been kind of like unofficially dubbed Sabin Moon, although uh, Sabin Entertainment has nothing to do with the actual project itself. We will be talking about that a little bit later on. That proof of concept video, which never had a full pilot, never aired, was located at the Library of Congress. It was actually published to YouTube in 2022 and has taken on just a life of its own, Uh, that's going to be really fun, so stick around listen to this whole episode. It's going to get weirder as we go, I promise. Uh, There are actually two ties in that live-action concept, short to previous episodes of TV Pilots License as well, so we'll get into those a little bit later on. Uh, But for starters, uh, I've got uh, four words for all of you, and that's moon, prism, power, makeup, (laughs) Let's, yes, do yeah. Let's go.
0: Let's <laughs> go. What what a summary. Um, well, is everyone ready to transform and talk about Sailor Moon a little bit more? Oh yeah.
4: Absolutely. I
2: man, I can't wait to talk about the transitions. Our previous uh guest, JW Crump, I watched him do a dissertation speech on anime transitions and starting with Sailor Moon, and it was uh, just as beautiful to watch the first time. I've never seen this uh, this series at all before. Jeff and Max, have you seen any of this at all?
0: Oh my God, Rich, way to show your hand. Uh, yes, I have seen <laughs> <laughs> too much of this. I just mostly wanted to make you say yeah. it. Um, oh yeah, because it, it tracks for those at home. They're just, they have a laundry list of how I'm a nerd. Um, so let's start <laughs> off with what only seems appropriate, this theme song. The theme song of this show is just a certified banger like i don't care if it's in japanese i don't care if it's in english it it rocks the language of music is universal it's just it's just a good song um what did y'all think when you heard this did it bring back a sense of nostalgia uh were you just rocking out and forgot that you were taking supposed to be taking notes uh i'd love to hear (laughs) (laughs) oh man uh, i'm a bop is a bop is a bop baby this is a bop I
1: I love how vibrant the colors are in it too I feel like I I don't want to keep comparing this to our gem episode but it's like you get this like intro it's like everything you need to know is going to be thrown at you in this trailer you get ideas of characters you see all these visuals and like it sucks you in in such a fun way I was like oh I'm, I'm really excited to do everything from here on out after this like 90 seconds my 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 skin cleared. My my hair was thick and luscious. I was I was so happy after watching
2: this intro. Yeah, I I, I mean, not to I, you don't have to feel bad about comparing it to the gem episode uh, at all, Max. Because like I, I feel like all shows of this era had to have a specific like architecture to it, so like you know to fit in enough commercials where it's not like overwhelming for kids or anything like that. Um, I mean, the same way we'll get to, like, the transition cards, basically, the, uh, the you know, the small ad break cards and everything. You know, that was a, f- a big feature in GEM. That was a big feature in things like G.I. Joe. It's just like, you know, it, the starting off with like a really strong title sequence is how you get, is how you captivate interest in the first place. So I don't think kids are ready for a cold open.
4: I mean, visually, I think it's very you know it's it's like it is serotonin inducing it's colorful it's like girls like twirling around the animation is higher quality in the the opening theme and then the song is super easy to sing to like both versions like simple lyrics like that basically explain the gist of the the very like core gist of the show um in a key that's easy to sing like it's it's a perfect theme song and it's a perfect opening. It gives cuz like for the majority of that first season it's only like the first 3 Sailor Scouts anyway. Like you don't really get to the last 2 until like the last 10 episodes or whatever.
2: Have you guys at one time tried to learn the lyrics in Japanese?
4: I I mean I definitely did when I was younger. Really, <laughs> I was such da, da, I was <laughs> oh a gosh. huge nerd. Huge that nerd. Rolls. Um there may or may not be footage of me like singing an anime theme song at a 4H yes. talent show. And um, we insert that oh, wow. Somebody right has now. That.
3: <laughs>
4: I wish, buddy. I was a nerd with reckless abandon. I just didn't care. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, I probably tried to
3: learn it in Japanese and mispronounced, you know. I mean, yeah. I think that's the thing with like anime theme songs. I don't know what they're doing over there, but they've got it so on lock with every show where it's like, America, I can only think of like a couple like theme songs from American shows that come, but like Sailor Moon, like (laughs) Pokemon, obviously, like just like everything you go through like every anime and it's always just like. Intense and yes, yeah, serotonin-inducing. Yeah, is exactly. They just know what we want. They they hook you in with a really solid jingle, like right
4: at the beginning.
2: They have their version of that guy from Fountains of Wayne in, in Japan, who's just like in the studio, just cranking out theme songs all all day long. He's, he's I the mean, jingle they literally master. have it
1: down. that's literally down to a science. The show was created by a chemist. <laughs>
4: <laughs> that's a great way to look at it.
0: So, as we move <laughs> forward. We meet our protagonist of this show, uh, Usagi, and for those who grew up with the this show in the nineties, you might be like, Who is Jeff talking about? I don't know of uh, an Usagi, but there were two different dubbings of this show. There's the one that you can find on Hulu today, and then there is the original American dubbing, uh, where the, the character's dub. name I I believe it was Serena. What? Yeah, in those episodes. So if you are confused as to who I'm talking about, I'm talking about Sailor Moon regardless or are soon-to-be Sailor Moon. Not yet. What? Yeah, not yet, Jeff. Not yet. We, we haven't been given <laughs> a pendant by a cat. Um, but <laughs> at this point, we sort of see... Usagi does not have much together, but what 14-year-old does and what are our first impressions of this child that really just seems to have nothing going their way as a whole. Just really captured the
2: 14-year-old spirit of being a bitch to your mom when you wake up. That's like... (laughs) that's. So so mean to her mom immediately. I'm like no, almost no uh, sympathy for this character right off the bat, but extremely relatable.
4: It's interesting that you say that because her mom is actually kind of a huge bitch right back. Like she locks her out of the house, like and then and then there's a line that's like not again. But I know it's just like she's locked you out of the house before, like. Cause she gets like a 30 on a test and her mom is like, you can't be inside. I can't, I can't look at you right now. And then her brother, her little brother is like 11. He's like, why are you so stupid? Like, why do I have to have such a stupid sister? The the what? butt of the joke for the majority of the series, like, even though she has a super strong emotional arc, she still remains like academically an idiot, like all the way until the <laughs> very end, which, you know, I love it. Commit to the, commit to the vet. But like we love a, they, we
2: love a bad at test queen. That's uh, yeah. extremely relatable. It's that actually makes me want to watch more. <laughs> yeah,
4: they get, and they get that out of the way right away. Like in in Japanese anime, it's really it's a common trope where the first few seconds of the show is literally the main character saying, "Who this is? Who I am? This is how old I am, and this is where I live." And they just like give you information about themselves. So like it starts with with Usagi owning up to the fact that she's like uncoordinated. She's not smart and she likes to eat a lot, which that's another weird running joke in Sailor Moon is how like overweight she is, even though like
3: what? (laughs) Absolutely like not true. No, that's actually interesting. I feel like in a lot of animes, the protagonist uh, is like, is really dumb, likes to eat a lot and can be like, Real like dragon ball one piece like i feel like it's just interesting because sailor moon is a woman it like makes it like i don't know it feels like there's almost like this like legally blonde thing going on where it's just like she's like oh but uh. then i guess she's not smart but she's like i'm powerful and i have you know this secret and you know you don't expect it from me but you got it you got to make a relatable protagonist
1: where there's like this inner power inside i i related so hard to the one-two punch of why does morning have to come so early followed by it's not my <laughs> fault if all the other kids
2: always get to school on time i i wrote that one down too that was a beautiful line
0: yeah usagi has a really good reason to be late to school though there are children just beating a cat in the street which is just like one of the most what. Wi- to introduce wait wait hold on is that what they were is that what they were doing i thought they were just putting the band-aids over it
4: throwing rocks and stuff at her they
0: were a hundred percent beating like doing animal abuse in Uh, the street yeah our insight against it is animal abuse yeah which is really like we'll talk about wait a minute moments later but that's just a big old one where it's just like damn yeah you you know what i like to do as a child just if i see a cat just throw a rock at yeah, it, yeah. Like future there's there's no serial art killer mentality.
3: mentality. Well, I mean, I think there is a screenwriting book that you know.
1: Uh, <laughs> my point
2: to this is, yeah, I pointed this.
3: Yeah, the cat. That might be the mo- <laughs> Oh my Hello.
0: god! Um, so we <laughs> do go through this. Of one, I think that as a student, and. I think everyone here has been a student. You should be allowed to snack in class as long as you've brought enough snacks for everyone else. For for Usagi's teacher to get upset with her about having a small meal during class Mm -hmm. is absurd. Um, So I'm not sure where everyone's politics lie behind snacking, but I'm a big fan of it anywhere and everywhere. I I think it's excessive
1: if you need to use cutlery. Anything beyond that is okay. I love (laughs) this
2: mentality, though, because, like, she really has like kind of a, a Will Smith Fresh Prince uh, error to her. And I'm like, this yeah. is the Fresh Prince for 14-year-old Japanese girls in the early 90s. And uh, <laughs>
0: that- in this I essay, it. I will. <laughs> <laughs> but, but we do get a little bit more context of what's happening uh, where there is a vigilante uh, going by the name of Sailor V who is out and about um, and potentially working with the the secret police. Um, We also get a weird instance where, if you're not familiar with anime, they use a lot of different small, consistent themes to convey emotion. Uh, So if you are not used to anime, if you saw a man with eyes that are constantly spinning, uh, you might write a note, like myself, that says, why is homeboy's eyes constantly spinning while he's bragging about gang in 95 on his test?
4: Yeah, I never really thought about, like, I just always thought he was just, like, some nerdy, nervous boy, but I never really thought about the way his glasses are animated as it relates to his character. Those are glasses?
2: They're, yeah, they're supposed to be. I thought, they
4: were. I thought they were glasses,
3: yeah.
2: Yeah, oh, I believe whoa. they're supposed to be glasses. I thought it was, like, big, dumb, goo-goo eyes that, like,
0: uh... No, <laughs> like, yeah. is there cause... a secret
3: meaning like, because so, sometimes, yeah, you're going to tell us. Great. Well, <laughs>
0: I'm, I'm not going I'm, to, I'm not trying to out-nerd you, Dan, but I will say uh, that there, I believe in anime, and I know someone's going to go in the comments and be like, Jeff got it wrong. But I believe that the crazy eyes um, are supposed to represent someone who's slightly flustered uh, and might be confused. Um, so very similar to if you see the like my favorite one in anime is with, when you see the like the sigh and it's almost like the mushroom cloud coming yeah, out yeah, of the yeah, mouth. Yeah. That is like oh, something yeah. that I absolutely love or the way that you do eyebrows and like the small animation above the head if someone's frustrated. So I believe teardrop. that's what this all falls under. Um, what a
4: choice to, like, give him consistent crazy eyes then, because that is yeah. his, <laughs> his basic design. It's not just a thing that, like, puffs out every now and
3: then. That is his permanent look. <laughs> so, what yeah, a Yeah, I definitely
0: thought that was state-based.
3: Do you guys know what a nosebleed means? Oh, oh yeah, I, I
0: think I do, but Dan, tell tell the audience.
3: Jets, well, yes, yeah, it
4: means that they're horny. Yeah, they have a boner. Usually, what it's, usually like nosebleed is when a yeah. male character has seen like a panty shot of like some other. They don't do it as much now, but like in the eighties and nineties,
3: like every single, like
4: a every single anime
3: that was made for like, like could, yeah, yeah any time imagine- an anime if they have an nosebleed the. Pre- and yeah, the animators trying to invade their- No, guys, anyway.
1: I swear, it's, it's, it's just allergies, I swear. <laughs> so just,
0: just imagine you're a kid in the 90s and you have, like, nosebleed issues and then one of your friends is into anime. Like, yeah. there's definitely a small amount of confusion that might be happening there. <laughs> that friendship was never the same. So one of the things that I feel like we haven't talked a lot about but I really want to dive into is just the animation yeah. of Sailor Moon. Because there's, we talked a bit in the beginning about like, hey, we grew up with these cartoon shows in the 90s and like, oh, aren't they such a great part of our childhood? But the animation style for Sailor Moon just seems so distinct to me and so beautiful and like almost adult that like, looking back now, I don't feel like I appreciated it enough as a kid that we were given that almost on a weekly basis of just this beautifully drawn art um what did you guys think about the animation as a whole well there's like the
2: there's the element of like the kind of anime style from that era of and you see this in pokemon too where there's just like a lot of repeating backgrounds or it's very simplified animation and stuff like that and i mean i'm wondering if to max's like uh origin of the of the show if it's like if it needs to be on a more timely basis than the ones that we're used to in the in the u.s because like i don't know if we're going back to spongebob again which is famously not a saturday morning cartoon uh it was uh (laughs) (laughs) uh if we're talking about like the spongebob writing room and and drawing board process they're like all right look at this awesome episode i hope you guys enjoy it in 2003 but, the, but for these throw but for these shows it's kind of more like we have to keep following a like a specific timeline for it Does, do these have to be timely? is that the reason?
0: Yeah, I mean I I genuinely don't know. I just think it's beautiful like I, I think you could <laughs> cut out almost any of these single scenes, put it into a frame and then I would be you know as I think many people do they take single cells of animation and put them in their home as art. And this is one of those shows that i feel like falls into that category i think there's just a little more warmth in the color palette on some of these like japanese
1: animated shows whereas like american cartoons be them saturday morning or other uh are almost like dialed up a little bit higher it's like they're trying to get to a like a certain stimuli level whereas like these ones have a little more like richness you see more of like the brushstroke in there and it's not quite that like turned up to 11 like overly bright American look that I think we're so accustomed to I think this
4: all kind of loops into like the the difference in aesthetics I think relates to the way that the, the the audiences of the respective countries consume content in I feel like in a lot of the anime that I saw or that was available to me when I was younger long form storytelling and story and world building was so key in the way that they created stories. Whereas in Mm. America, it's designed to sell toys. Um, and you really only need, you don't need a long attention span to get a kid to want a toy. You can get a kid to want a toy in 10 minutes.
0: We're going to talk about a show that tried that in 10 minutes. (laughs) Oh
4: yeah, exactly. Um, um, But and also I just because so much of the anime, because like they do complete it quickly so that to compensate for the fact that they have to make it so quickly. I feel like the character design is just that much richer, Um, like in the beginning, like in the pilot episode, um, they didn't do this for the Japanese version. But in the American version, they cut out some clips from later episodes to give you a basic idea of what you were in for. And you get to see um, Queen Serenity, which was Usagi's mother. And, mm. like, I remember her silhouette being very glamorous and womanly and very well animated in a way that you would never see in American cartoons. I And, like, that aesthetic, I was just like, this is, like, stunning. I didn't think this is stunning when I was, like, 12. But, like, when I was 12, <laughs> I was just like, she's so beautiful. Oh, my God. I want to look like that. Um. But, like, and also the, um, like, the stock. Uh, I, I don't know if that's the right term. Sure. The animation that they recycled, the transformation sequences, those are always, like, way higher caliber animation, like, very fluid motions, which you don't really get throughout an entire episode of an anime. Like, a mm-hmm. lot of it is kind of, like, that jerky motion that, you know, they'll make fun of on, like, sketch comedy programs. Like, um, but that, those sequences were always so pretty that I didn't mind that they were recycled every time i would always, i never fast forward through the transformation sequences i I was always there for them
0: yeah the best part that's what gets the blood popping as we move through we sort of get our our push into the episode of the girls are going to go shopping to celebrate basically usagi's 30 percent on her test uh because what 14 year old what 14 year want a diamond ring, which is just something I have highlighted in my notes is a wild thing. Sometimes you just need <laughs>
1: retail therapy to make things better. That's, that's like, universal.
4: They're so, like, what better thing to get than grown-up jewelry? I was talking about this with Daddy. Like, the, the girls are obsessed with clothes and fashion and jewelry and just, like, very, like, visually stereotypical, like, girly things um it's, it's, like all throughout the episodes like all, to the very end um so it was just really funny to me that a
3: jewelry store yeah. was like that a 14 year old for
4: a 14 year old in the pilot episode like this was the first thing like this was the first battle <laughs> like it's yeah. basically like inside a case jeweler <laughs> like <laughs>
2: It's, it's <laughs> Sailor Moon versus Capitalism.
4: So bef- basically, yeah. yeah. And it's Naru's mom's well, store, yeah, too. We do
0: learn about Naru's mom being the jewelry store owner, which is just like, what a hookup. Uh, I feel like everyone knows a jeweler, and <laughs> Usagi is no uh, exception to this rule. But before we get to go to the jewelry sh- store and get our shopping fix, we meet our villain of the show in what is just a terrifying scene of Queen Bara uh, being talking... At first, I'm going to be honest, I thought the orb was the was all the voices until we saw the crowd of people just in the underworld with her. So in my notes, I say, there's nothing more terrifying yeah. than an orb that has a thousand voices coming from it. Uh, but... <laughs> <laughs> That's what your TV is. This is the original (laughs) Amazon Alexa.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Oh no. No,
4: she's an evil queen with a generic, like magic ball. Um, but the their character design is just absolutely crazy. I don't remember like she sits on this throne of this skull with really long sharp teeth. That was cool. And I don't really remember that. It's so cool. Like the design of the each one is
0: absolutely horrifying. We're gonna talk about another villain later, but we just we this is sort of the exposition we needed. As far as the first time in this podcast, or in this, not in this podcast, in this pilot, that we're hearing, hey, here's the purpose of the villain. She's going after all of this energy. Uh, What she needs the energy for, we'll hopefully learn a little bit more about soon. But there's this white guy who seems to have a solution for all of the energy needs uh, and he is not a lobbyist, but he's someone historically,
1: never a good yeah. idea. <laughs> historically,
3: always bad. He just comes in and he... <laughs> it's so funny to like, yeah. like, what is energy? You're like, what is it? Like, do they, yeah. shouldn't <laughs> they be at like a, like a coal factory? Like, I... why are they like harvesting human souls? I really, like, I, don't like well,
2: I, really I really will say that Queen Barrel walks so Colin Robinson could run and <laughs> what we do <laughs> in the shadows. She's uh-huh. our, she's really the first instance of an energy oh, vampire, and I
0: love that.
4: Yeah, I love that. I love that. So that we statement. get
0: to <laughs> we get to our jewelry store, t- and we learn what the how the villain is going to get this energy uh, through the guise of a gigantic jewelry sale, um, where it seems like everybody from town is at this jewelry store all at once, getting as much jewelry as they can purchase uh but we then come to find out this jewelry is stealing their energy for the dark lord it's what blood i will diamonds. say is when originally we saw <laughs> uh naru come in and be like oh yeah my mom's the owner of the jewelry store i thought naru was in on the whole like oh yeah we're going to steal everyone's energy and like let's put on all the jewelry possible did anyone else get oh, that really? like get that it's feeling, or am I just an
3: idiot?
0: No.
3: <laughs> I think it would have been a cool twist. It would have been like a really interesting like choice for a human character to be like, yeah, I'm going to side with the monsters. But I have you know, a more complex story.
1: Mad. Usagi's, Usagi's teenage life is tough exactly. enough. I can't have her best friend also turn on her. Everyone in this world is getting their life sucked out of them from jewelry while smooth jazz is playing. I mean, this world is <laughs> tough amazing. enough to live in. Yeah. We also
2: wrote down in the notes
0: swanky jazz number. The soundtrack is hilarious. <laughs> Usagi realizes she can't afford this diamond ring Uh, as she then gets mobbed by a group of people who now want the diamond ring that was discounted at a wild discount. It was like one-sixth of the original price, I think, is what ended up happening. Yeah. Um, And then pers- gets made fun of by someone who then calls her bunhead uh if you this was a so i watched this episode with my partner and she said oh i'm so upset because originally in the other dub they called her meatball head uh so i now asked uh-huh. the rest of the crew what other terrible nicknames would you like to give usagi uh since bunhead and meatball head <laughs> have been chosen Max, I'm starting with you.
1: Oh, don't make me terrorize a 14 year old girl. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'm gonna <laughs> not again. Uh, That's a smart. How does it keep coming up back. on this podcast? I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna call her Ooh Snacky because she keeps it... eating in class. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I got her ass.
2: <laughs> Rich, what about you? <laughs> what? What? Why would she go? Why would he go with bun head when it's clearly like nine foot ponytails? Like it's it's not a bun. <laughs> am I not, am, am I am I really just going to be the only one commenting on this?
4: Well, he's like well, you also like it's not just like hair buns like they they like have street bun, mm-hmm. like really popular street like bow and stuff like that over there. Oh, so it is kind of right. like he's calling her hair food. It's just not like meatball. Like that brings a certain like visage of like like lumpy like meat that's a little we, you gross want, you had to, like, like that's a that gross we, nickname I don't know. To... it's cool yeah but like a bun like you know you just like get them from like the 7-eleven and they're like ninth nice and round and they're filled with like just a tiny bit of like savory snack like
2: sounds delicious i'm trying to calculate what this person's uh allowance would be that she could afford a 30,000 yen <laughs> Uh...
1: <laughs> oh i i didn't realize we were dealing with with yen when i watched this and i was like thirty thousand dollars that's still so much i did the conversion it's like two hundred and eleven dollars <laughs> in today's money which would you account for inflation? Yeah, it's a lot of money
0: it's a shitload of money after proceeding to get bullied by this random man um we then get back to the house where she gets made fun of by her brother Uh, then she gets kicked out of her house for getting a poor test score. And then we meet one of our other main characters, uh, a cat by the name of Luna. Uh, This is the cat that, yes, we had before. Um, In my notes, I just said, wait a minute, does this cat have thumbs? How did the cat open the window? Uh, This is a major plot hole. Unless, Rich, you have cats. How do cats open windows? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) they're just
2: tricky man they can just do whatever they want they don't they don't need thumbs they're just they're they're just moving shit out of the way they're doing they're performing Um, magic every day
0: we proceed to learn that because luna had the band-aid on her head uh she wasn't able to speak which is so disappointing because the only thing i want to do is put luna in a cute little sailor's outfit and uh just knowing that she couldn't speak with the hat on is really upsetting to me as a whole
1: no, as long as the hat doesn't cover <laughs> the the symbol, you won't, you won't dull Luna's sensory powers. Just make sure the hat's kind of sitting back on the head.
4: Also, like, they bring this up once, and then it is never mentioned again <laughs> that, like, Luna's powers are limited <laughs> if you cover up the bald spot on her head. That is for the pilot only.
2: I, I did want to ask, too, for everyone who has seen more than one of these, uh, the... Because I noticed in the um, the live action one, they also mentioned Queen Beryl. Is Queen Beryl the, is that like the antagonist? Is that is that she's the, the person who is just like one. constantly? Yeah. Okay.
4: So she's, she's okay. the enemy for about like 65, sixty seven episodes, depending on which
2: God, version
0: damn, you watch. That's a lot of episodes. Luna brings the gift that Usagi was hoping for when she gets that kick-ass pendant uh once again, Rich, I know that cats bring mice and birds. I'd like to meet the cat that brings gifts of jewelry uh and have that in my life. Yeah, I normally have to clean up the gifts that my cats leaves me. So, Max, just remind us, what is that catchphrase that we hear and get the kick-ass <laughs> animation? One time for the people at the back,
1: mood, prism, power, makeup. <laughs>
0: also prism why prism (laughs) do we we get that
4: (laughs) i don't know colors
0: (laughs) jess when you see this transformation are you getting just as hyped as the intro song or is it a different type of emotion
4: um i got especially hyped i'm like this is a hot take right here i think that the deke dub transformation music is so much better than the original japanese music um, oh interesting I think so it's like more orchestral it's it's like a little bit more musically rich whereas like in the the music in the Japanese version it definitely had that like action appeal it, it's kind of like 70s like 18 like <laughs> like it, we're gonna go beat the bad guy music um like it's
2: made on a guitar
4: yeah something like that okay. like it's it's tougher I think it's it's more like it, I think it appeals more to like boys and girls that music does, whereas I feel like the music mm. and the deep version was just like a little bit more feminine.
1: I'm just um, singing the words "Sailor Moon" just, to the 18th team. Now, like <laughs> "Sailor Moon," <laughs> "Sailor Moon," "Sailor Moon." and
4: they and they do that too in the in the Japanese version. It's really funny. Um, but yeah, no, those transformation sequences were super hype. Every single girl that loved that show, little boys too, like they were doing those transformation moves in their room,
0: like. What do you, so a question for each of you, if you were to receive a magical pendant and then a talking cat tells you to say a few words as you have, as you're ador, adorning this pendant and then you transform, what is the appropriate reaction to that sequence of events? Because I thought Usagi was very appropriately freaking out and the cat said, not now we don't have time we gotta go <laughs> <laughs> yeah she's not
2: emotionally prepared for anything in this entire episode
3: not at all well i think it's interesting too because the cat doesn't really give her much context about like what this transformation means and like what powers she might have or like she's telling we have to go uh and, and are you a crime fighter i don't know you know like i'm just taller now I'm just slightly taller. I I think, like, did her tits get bigger? Like, how does it translate to, like, fighting crime, necessarily, without, like, a backstory? you like, tell
4: her about the Tiara thing before going out. Yeah, everything was an in-the-moment, like, do this right now. No explanation is going to be given. Just follow
1: orders. Yeah, going off of Dan's point, the (laughs) the first one, not the second one, is that for a show... (laughs) (laughs) For a show that has so much exposition, the one time where we need a character to actually have explained to them what is going on, the cat's just like, time to go, your friend's in danger, you gotta go do a thing
0: now with no primer. Well, obviously on the way to the jewelry store, the cat primed Sailor Moon on one thing, and that is her kick-ass catchphrase which even the villain or the uh, faux jewelry shop owner uh, was like, wait, you know, you have a catchphrase, which is just the greatest call out in the world. And I was so ready. I was so in that moment and like, that's just good writing. That's just really. Can I
1: Can I just say that monster scared me with like the, the claws like choking the little girl. Then when the yeah. head turns all the way around all to face Sailor Moon backwards. Like this is a kid show. Hey. That's really freaky. I'm not the only one who was a little scared, right? I, am I the only one who hit under a blanket a little bit?
2: Was mad you got of- a little bit of like Junji Ito inv- influence there. It's just like it's very like, oh, I'm gonna have like some drippy, creepy like uh, like tree monster thing that uh, that we're gonna throw in here after everything else has been absolutely adorable the entire time. And
0: then also to have the people that we assumed were potentially dead rise up in this zombie-like state. Uh, being led by like, so throughout this entire jewelry store, there's one character that sort of sticks out from the rest. And it's this one heavy set woman, uh, with what might be, dan dan already has talked about tits uh she has some large tits
2: <laughs> well welcome to, welcome to day like what three of the sag strike it's time to talk about big old anime titties
0: <laughs> but i i will not no, lie man. when that like we see all of the other people rise up and then that woman rises up last and i lost it for like a a few seconds. I was just crying from laughter. <laughs> I yeah, I do for I want a to mention too no that...
4: dialogue. She's pretty prolific.
2: <laughs> and and Dan, you actually made a very relevant cultural point because in the song One Week by the Bare Naked Ladies, there is a line there, he goes, boom anime babes, and it is a reference to him having a crush on Sailor Moon in the transition sequences. And <laughs> that inspired <laughs> that inspired a line from that song
3: well good yeah. no uh, I was wait <laughs> oh, yeah, I want to talk about this so oh, because I feel oh, like good. you guys you guys are passing judgment on me but she becomes no 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 a we're certainly
2: not we're...
3: That's, that's the transformation right <laughs> yeah. you,
4: you see <laughs> the silhouette of her naked body I, I want to like make it clear there's like no vag no nips like none of that it's just a silhouette <laughs> this is a children's not, show
1: that she... this, this is a children's show I do to wanna... 18
4: right <laughs> <laughs> no she was just wearing more corn fitting clothing it's just you know it's like 14 but she's like you know it's like the 90s it's the it's the 90s it's anime like you just gotta roll it
0: oh my god um I
4: think it's a metaphor
3: at least for you know she's
2: you're so right
4: she's right? She, she's gonna grow into the woman that she like has been gifted with becoming right oh my god her brain will catch up so <laughs> it's it, terrible it, it does it, by the end of the season by the end of the series it does
2: oh no, man i hope all the i hope all our episodes during the
0: striker this loose. Um, so <laughs> sailor moon does seem almost like down for the count at one point overwhelmed uh the clumsiness that we talked about from usagi is starting to show um but then in a moment where even my i stopped breathing i saw a rose fly down with so much speed that it was stuck in the ground and we yeah. see our male uh hero of tuxedo mask and yeah i was like okay cool like this guy's charming as hell with his fancy dialogue and i was even and like it- oh yeah he's giving her what she needs to remember she can be the hero in this moment in time daddy
4: what did you ask me
3: while we were watching it <laughs> <laughs> Was like, so he doesn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> he just shows up. You think he's like, "All right, let's go. Time to kick some ass." And he just shows it's, up. It's the Twitter babe. It's Rose. the
1: Twitter babe. Literally.
3: No,
4: he's her hype boy. Yeah. like he hes like, that's that's his role. Like he doesn't have any real special powers. They kind of like half-ass them for him later down the road, but like not really. He doesn't even get a transformation sequence except like one time, but like. All he's there to be like, you can do it. And he'll distract the enemies. That's his big power, it's a distraction with that road i mean
0: i was distracted um... so i get it like
2: <laughs> what, what a what a fucking cop-out superpower i i can absolutely i can absolutely be the the superhero whose power is distraction
0: that yeah. sounds great wait <laughs> for folks in la you might see a new vigilante calling himself distracto man <laughs> who looks a lot like rich it's not him i swear he's recording the podcast
1: the best superpower oh, a man, man could have is supporting women. He's a wife guy ally for all. <laughs>
2: <laughs> can we all just take an a can we take a quick like two minute applause break? Wow! Wow! wow.
0: So we do end up saving uh, in this instance, Naru. Uh, we defeat the villain who goes down in a entire thing of dust uh and then
4: yeah she turns into sparkles.
0: and then we see Paperized. queen barrel yeah uh and the mysterious man who said he could solve all of her energy needs uh looking disappointed at the same time before we end the first pilot that we're going to talk about in this two-parter
4: um any one...
0: additional thoughts on this pilot
4: I just remember I rewatched it with Debbie today and I was just like, I understand how as a child I've got roped in because when you're, when you're a kid, you don't need as much as an adult. You're like, good guy, bad guy, you're a princess done. Great. Um, and then the, the aesthetic appeal was like that cherry on top that like could hook me for at least like 10 more episodes. And then the story gets more complex as you go. But like rewatching it now, I was like, and not much really. I mean, a lot happens, but also not that much happens. This wasn't like a very exciting pilot. Like, um, so
3: like watching it with through the filter of like an older person, I, I don't know. I kind of disagree. Like, cause I I recently um really exposed it how much a nerd I am. I rewatched Dragon Ball or Dragon Ball Z actually for the first time in a long time, and like what's nice about Sailor Moon is it's at least like a full episode you know you have your your start to the story you have the middle of the story you have the bad guys defeated you know next one and I don't know I feel like so many of the things that come up on later they like set up in this pilot like um you have uh tuxedo mask you have queen beryl you have her like weird like kingdom arts final fantasy underground organization of like mysterious figures um you have like, the the jewelry theme, right it starts with the diamonds and like that something that you know it's beams now it's really all about that or you know that you know, the
4: crystal the silver crystal
3: it's, it's also cool stuff um she yeah she she beat the bad guy um i don't know I, I i thought it was like really well i was like surprised at how how well done it was in comparison to, like, how, like, his poor Dragon Ball Z's pilot was. God, Dragon Ball Z was so bad. So
0: we normally, when we end one pilot, which is normally what we do for an episode, we talk about things that we loved. Uh, and then we also talk about wait-a-minute moments. I'm going to say we talk about wait-a-minute moments when we talk about our next pilot that we're going to be talking about.
4: <laughs> Love this direction for us.
0: But... Rich, Max, were there any things that you loved about this pilot that maybe we didn't discuss?
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, her having a breakdown at the slightest bit of learning about her new powers was extremely relatable. That's like, that's a precisely how I would react. There's no there's no moment where she's instantly mentally a superhero. That's the best. I love that. No, she's going to fucking cry, and then she's going to have someone come save her ass for a little bit. And then <laughs> eventually she'll figure out how to be a little bit more brave for, for the the first like the first time expectation is so unrealistic i know we're talking about a children's cartoon <laughs> but yeah it is, it is extremely relatable that, it takes her uh, a long she just time to get
4: that together too like that and that's not something that's like instantly solved in like two or three episodes like that's a that's good it takes 200 episodes to like fully suss out her growth so oh i that's, love that yeah that's
1: just life, nice, baby that's <sighs> character development
0: um, max what about you <laughs>
1: i love the number of catchphrases that if i were a kid i would want to just shout back at my tv and shout with my friends we didn't even mention moon tiara action which she deals her death blow to the monster in this episode um i also like we didn't really talk about the button but i I appreciate that it kind of comes full circle with this like as a true narrative pilot where it's like she's got her powers going she's defeated the bad guy but then we see her again as uh uh, Usagi and she's like sleeping with her head on her desk in class and she's back to being you know her kind of struggling life is tough 14 year old self and so it shows like it shows that balance in that character now, there's these different levels to her and there's this you know real girl life and there's the superhero life and so I think it's like a, actually a nice moment to end on where it's her being normal and back to where she was again
2: yeah the real villain is time management <laughs> Still is. Still
0: is. Extremely relatable show. So, <laughs> I've come let's dive fair. into Wait a Minute Moments. So, uh, for folks who are listening to this episode, so we chose um, to not only watch one pilot, we watched two pilots for this episode because there is an American version of this pilot that was hidden away uh, in the Library of Congress and and the national archives and we found it and we watched it it is only 10 minutes long if you want to watch i'll have the link in the description of this episode on spotify and on youtube who would like to begin with this fever dream
1: <laughs> I... jasper you
0: you brought this to our attention you got to kick it
1: off
4: with it, so uh, yes so okay no basically to capitalize on the success of sailor moon they wanted to try to bring it over to the united states and when they were debating whether or not to just like dub over the japanese version or create a new version they were like let's just create a new version like just to see so they created this they created this pilot which was a live action animation hybrid it's 10 minutes long like the actors aren't even credited like it is literally like no no it's not they so they had to like track down so you say they're not credited
0: but on their imdbs each of these actors have put that they're in the sailor moon i'm
4: sure they i'm sure they have now i'm sure they have now but like this this dude raymona who uploaded this pilot like he had to like track them down and i think they added it to their imdbs once they realized like what a like weird like quiet internet phenomenon it was becoming but like the animation was so terrible like think of think of just like the he only made to sell toys animation you can think of it looks it looks like it's in saturday night live parody it really does of, of an american toy cartoon the like you think you think an anime the faces aren't moving like watch this it's it's so bad their boobs are all lopsided and they're like weird and like it and, and, and like you can tell like the character designers wanted to make them like a little bit more muscular and then somebody was like no don't do that but they had already done some of it they're really they're really grabbing for diversity which i love we love that but like it's in a really like 90s kind of way where it's like we did this because we had to um
0: we have a redhead who's also in a wheelchair, the most diverse exactly. person that we could have.
4: And kudos to them for keeping her in some kind of like wheelchair like device when oh, she transformed. Because when oh, I no. first watched this, I thought they were gonna have her transform yeah. and suddenly she was gonna be able to I, like walk. I again. was prepared. But that was not the case.
0: I was fully prepared for her to just start walking again and being like, okay, like huh. th- this is really. Because at first, I didn't notice in the montage that they had her in a wheelchair. And then it just appears in one instance. And I'm like, wait a minute. Did yeah. they steal someone's wheelchair? Why are they so prominently yeah. featuring a wheelchair? Watching wow. this
1: thing on YouTube, it's basically the crudest animated planetarium video you've ever seen. It's a giant exposition dump, which then leads to a character so much saying exposition. there's no time to explain when they finally get to the actual plot.
0: So, but they do try to explain everything in one of the largest exposition dumps that has ever. Like the first two minutes of a ten-minute so pilot is just a narrator yelling at us about everything that we need to know because this is this is while Sailor nothing Mo- left to the imagination. Yeah, while Sailor Moon the original felt like an actual cartoon that was meant for children, this felt like a ten-minute-long advertisement. For toys um and it just everything about it was a toy like the spaceship that uh the prince was in that's a toy the kites the then- that they were flying that's a toy uh like everything uh, was a toy
1: trying to sell you san francisco giants and orlando magic
0: jerseys it's which, which is better, formal wear? I have to ask because that's what they were preparing for the school. Well, dance. the white is the white
1: is uh, the white is smashing it. The black is sophisticated.
4: <laughs> the like just a complete and utter redesign of literally everything, was offensive to me. Luna's design, but like she's this like they made her like this white Persian cat like that looked like what, what you guys have seen the aristocats the disney oh yeah movie? love that movie but like the little blo- like the little like white cat the Percy one like bigger that was luna in this pilot luna didn't say shit in this pilot either she was just like her eyes glowed and i guess because they focus on her when sailor moons mother mother's like i'm gonna send you to earth and i'm gonna find a way to communicate with you and then luna's eyes just light up and she hops on this like windsurfer
0: Almost they, dies, also, oh, like, within the first five minutes. Yeah.
4: Darian does die in the first five minutes, and there's no emotional moment for that. It's just like, there's not even a sound effect for the explosion. Like, he's just dead, and then they're just like, oh, we're gonna go through the wormhole. By like, When live-action
1: like, Luna tried to get the girls to focus by stopping the tape deck with their paw, I cackled. <laughs>
0: But also, to be fair, there is no sound in space and no one can hear you scream. So that is that is science right there.
4: Would love to believe that that was that was on (laughs) the agenda, that that was that that was like a piece of information that was on the table. I don't believe it.
1: I think what I sound really weird in the live action parts (laughs) is how hard this is trying to cop the popularity of like the 80s John Hughes films. because they make, yep. a, they make a reference to Pretty in Pink. And then they also do the exact shot of the feet dancing sequence from Breakfast Club. And it's like, it's trying oh to be gosh. Japanese anime. But it's also trying to be like Blossom and Saved by the Bell and Boy Meets World. It's just all over the place. And like... Too many things. We
0: talk about the, like, the transformation in the animation. The transformation in this is to go from live action to animation... Which is bonkers, but also some of the lines that they say during that fight scene are genuinely offensive. Like when they say that one of the villains is too out of shape to dance, that's just rude. Anyone can dance. Like this is, this is, this was one of those things where I was like, this was supposed to be for children, and we're teaching them, you know, what you should do when you're beating the shit out of someone also verbally abuse them at the same time
4: (laughs) yeah i felt like this episode honestly was written by like ai like (laughs) i can't believe that a human being wrote this some of the lines that they say like they don't make any sense i'm just like what what is this even doing here what is this contributing to the story also semi-unrelated sorry i'm jumping all over the place why do they already know that they're sailor scouts when they're on earth like nope there's no discovery they're just like yeah that's who we uh really are like i what i get that you only have 10 minutes maybe if you didn't spend five minutes explaining the entire art of
1: concept it's just a pilot presentation but yeah it's like there's no explanation as to how
0: they know what their skills are yeah it's yeah and who knew if you find a vortex uh and you go through it you become animated uh, so good to know for the future <sighs> holy shit that is one of the most bonkers things that I've ever watched so thank you two for bringing that to our attentions
1: yeah of course and, and man to quote a line that I had up up top a bop is a bop is a bop and I do love she's got a life in the sky and another she on earth her talking cat Luna gives her advice <laughs> <laughs> oh my
4: god so <laughs> bad So bad.
0: So we do have one more question uh, and it is our in-flight question. In-flight questions come to us from our uh, listeners, either via voicemail or DM. And I got one that I really loved. And it was, if you could have a accessory that also worked as a magic drone for fighting purposes, what would it be? So, Think of the Tiara that we see Sailor Moon throw. Um mm. what in that sort of capacity would you like to have that maybe you're wearing right now? Uh or maybe you wish you had on your person? I love a I would love a
2: big wallet chain like attached <laughs> oh to some Jenko jeans. <laughs> <sighs> that's just that's just like this is how I'm saving the universe. Oh my god. I'm just like <laughs> a little bit of detachment um, num i'll never number one never losing your wallet is automatically a superpower i don't need anything beyond that (laughs) but two if i'm fighting crime (laughs) max what about you oh my god (laughs) i want like
1: um like a magical belt that like i can transform into other objects like i want something that's like one part wonder woman lasso one part like Magical transforming device, like whatever I need, I can turn that belt into. Uh, oh, and also the belt talks.
3: <laughs>
1: you want talking belt? belt?
0: Um, <laughs> Dan, what about you? Yeah.
3: Well, I'm caught because at first I was thinking, oh, like hat, obviously, but because, um, yeah. uh, but I feel like now is that too much? Like the tiara, you know? So I'm thinking, I have a the- tiara if you want it. Yeah, no, but I don't wanna be like I don't yeah. have a copy anyone, you know? I wanna be unique. <laughs> and I, I, I thought about it like maybe I just sell out entirely. Maybe I just go the sneaker route and I just make them branded, like like Year Jordans, you... but they're just like ear moose, you know? Ooh, I... And I just sell them to kids for super great prices.
2: Your k your superpower right. is, is product scarcity. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> is consumerism? <laughs> Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Um, What what I would say for myself, since I've had some time with this, I, I think a watch can already be almost like a fighting accessory, because if you ever have the sun go into your watch, strangers. and then you have that light that goes around on the wall, and then you blind your partner for fun to see if they'll notice, I, I think I already have a fighting accessory, so I'm doing great already. <laughs> uh- and finally,
1: Jasper, your super accessory.
4: My super accessory. Um, I, I'm going to like break. I'm going to like expand a little bit. Um, I think it would be cool to like get some kind of tattoo or like oh mark. Like, because hey. I like the idea of it just intrinsically being in me, like the power. Like I, I love a good chosen one narrative. Um, <laughs> what does the tattoo so, do? Like, that? I feel like I don't, it like helps it. Like it, the tattoo is like what, like, let us transform, or like you know, like a Care Bear mm. how the power. Will like burst out of the <laughs> the picture. Oh, but maybe you're like, yeah, it.
3: you know, it's yeah, so it up. You lose your sense of I don't know your sense. Of,
4: what was it? What was it? She was like I. She was like I. I can't talk. I can't talk anymore.
0: Oh my god! Uh,
4: it dulls my senses. That's
0: amazing. Well, thank you for that in-flight question. We'll talk a little bit more about submitting those at the end of the episode. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the history of this show. There were five seasons of the show, 200 episodes, and three TV specials. There were also three movies that would be shown during the season of the show that have to do with the context of that episode, specifically meant for winter break in Japan, so that students would go see a Sailor Moon episode and be able to keep up with one of their favorite shows. Um, absolutely awesome this show debuted in north america first in canada to our neighbors up north and then on september 11th of 1995 it's, it's uh, which 1995. is the only reason don't have to say it like that <laughs> it's the only thing that has ever happened on september 11th uh was this show debuted um so what ended up happening was it only lasted on air for two months before they took it off air because they said terrible ratings. Um, but then in another moment of consumerism, General Mills, the cereal company, came in and said, what if we sponsored Sailor Moon? Because there was a fan petition that had thousands upon thousands of of signatures asking for the show to come That's when they made uh, Sailor Heart, Sailor Stars, Sailor
2: uh, Horseshoes, Sailor Clover, Sailor Blue Moons. Oh my god.
0: Um, So this show has traveled around a ton of networks. It would be an entirely different podcast if I listed all of them. Uh, But if you are looking for it today, you can find it on Hulu. Um, I do want to credit takanori arasawa he's the only person that is associated with this show to win awards because of this show uh columbia records actually gave him the golden desk award because of how popular one of the songs he wrote for this show was in just the general public and like if we think about 1995 like there's no like oh yeah everyone was downloading it on dv on like apple music or anything like that or listening on spotify this was very much just like i like that song and am going to find a cd that has that song or find a radio cassette tape that has this song Mm -hmm. um you can find the entire series on dvd uh if you are curious but i would just say if you want to see the dubbed version or the subtitle version you can go on or if you want to watch this crazy batshit pilot that we talked about, you can go on YouTube. Uh, there's actually an amazing documentary that was made on the making of that that will also link uh, in our video because it is bonkers banana And pants. whoever
2: is the person who is currently oh logged gosh. into my Hulu watching all 250 episodes of Sailor Moon, I do see that. And I don't know who you are, <laughs> but that is really happening. And please stop. <laughs>
0: Oh my God. Um, But that's the history of this show. And as our flight comes to a land, um, I have two questions for each of you that I'd love to hear your answers for. One, based off of the pilot and the pilot alone, would you continue watching Sailor Moon? And two, if there was a studio that didn't have any ideas. Do you think this show could be remade today and uh, or do you think the show should be remade today?
4: It is being remade. Is it really? Oh,
0: then <laughs> oh, Jasper. <okay. laughs> right. Yeah, okay, cool. yeah, cool.
4: crystal. <laughs> So Jasper,
0: I guess I'll ask you, based off of rewatching this pilot and just thinking about this pilot, would you rewatch Sailor Moon?
4: Absolutely, I'm actually doing a rewatch right now.
2: Um, on my Hulu but, account,
4: yeah. Based on the, I <laughs> mean, <laughs> listen, listen. I, it might be me. Um, I'm about, I'm about halfway through right now. Um, no, I would definitely like the pilot has like it, it. It has a cohesive story. It has like a really great character design. Um, you know, I e- e- even with what I said about it, like watching it through an adult lens, like I would still, I would watch at least. your former episode for sure
0: Dan what about you
3: uh yes and yes I uh it was what I loved about it was too, like all the things we already said but um it was so like it was such a nostalgic trip you know it it took me to a place uh that I don't normally think about like when I'm like thinking about the cartoons that she might file um but there definitely was a lot of Sailor Moon there. I think maybe there's like some like pseudo, you know, masculine, like that I kinda like locked that out. And I was like, oh yeah, like uh no, Sailor Moon, uh absolute banger. Um and it was just when she when we were watching and she started to transform, I was like, let's cool. go. <laughs> like I felt it and saw, you know. Um, so yeah, absolutely. I might, I wanna start watching.
0: Max, what about you?
1: Yeah, I I was honestly really surprised with how like linear the storytelling was in this, like how much of a true beginning, middle, and end this episode had. I feel like there's stuff that if you watch it as an adult about like teenage coming of age and like you know the troubles that you deal with at that time in your life that you wouldn't get as like a young audience viewer. So yeah, honestly for me this is surprising yes to keep going. I also realized I forgot to mention our two connections to previous shows. Like I said, I was going to, we did the live action pilot. Uh, so for teen listeners, Patricia Alice Albrecht, who was the narrator in the live action pilot, voiced Pizzazz, the lead singer of the Misfits yeah. in Gem. What? Uh, and, Adri- <laughs> oh, wow. and Adrienne Barbeau, who played Queen Serenity. Uh, she was the voice of Catwoman in Batman, the hell animated yeah.
0: series. And she was the original Whoa, oh, Rizzo yeah. on Broadway. Uh, Broadway in, in Greece. Greece. She yeah. also
1: starred in Maud. Uh, she She's a legend. Uh, but yes, yes, I would absolutely keep watching the show. And if you're still listening for those fun facts, good on you. <laughs>
2: Rich, what about you? Oh
3: my gosh.
2: Um, I would definitely keep watching simply because Sailor Moon as a character or Usagi as a character is not ready to accept her powers at all. And I think that adds like such a wide like way for you okay. to take okay. the series. And I think the problem with a lot of unexpected person be- like developing superpowers is like they're ready to go first episode and then it just becomes about like the villains each time like they're the relationship with the villains and now you get to experience like what it's like having to come to terms with having a you know uh, a power that's beyond like any of your peers or anything like that something that's going to like change your life and I think that is like an extremely relatable and exciting way to take the narrative and I'm super stoked to see where that goes
0: yeah, and I think it's going to surprise literally zero people that I would absolutely <laughs> consider re-watching or watching this entire series. I'm actually... This is definitely oh, going into my rotation as a whole. Um, I cannot wait to watch the second episode and see how far I get uh, before my wife tells me I have to pick a new hobby. Uh, but as far <laughs> no, no, no. as... Um, the rebooting of the show i i am so hopeful right there's so much material for a studio to work with and i hope they do the original justice and i hope that they also are willing to dive into potentially some new stories and some new dimensions um with that being said rich before we sign off it is time for Rich's Game of the Week.
2: I have a super, super quick Game of the Week for all of you, and I couldn't think of any game that was specific to Sailor Moon, so I have some trivia questions on sailing and moons. <laughs> <So> <laughs>
4: <I> have... <laughs> oh, my God.
2: <laughs> I have one for each of you. I'll keep it super quick. Uh, this one, first one goes to Max. Uh, Max, the word yacht comes from a Dutch word meaning A, seeker, B, replace, C, hunter, or d boat
1: uh i'm going to say c hunter
2: yeah you got it all right uh jeff the largest moons of jupiter were discovered by what famous astronomer a edwin hubble b galileo c johannes kepler d edmund halley well
0: i know who galileo is so that sounds about right (laughs) that is correct Yeah. Uh, Jess a sailor in 1996
2: was the first person to use what to cross an ocean A. solar power B. a self-propelled engine C. human waste combustion D. a boat entirely made out of recycled materials
4: Uh, I want it maybe D
2: it is A. solar power
4: Oh, interesting.
2: A uh, Japanese
0: sailor crossed the uh, Pacific Ocean entirely only on solar power. Rich, thank you so much for that question of the week. Our plane (laughs) is coming to a land. Uh, With that being said, I want to make sure folks who have stuck with us throughout this entire flight with its bumps as well as solar system sightings uh, are able to find you folks. So with that said, Dan and Jasper, first of all, thank you both so much for joining our podcast. We're I think Rich, Max, and myself can only say how appreciative we are of that. But where can folks find you if they're looking for you? You can
4: find me across all platforms at Hey Jasper Lewis, all one
3: word. Um and yeah. Check me out on Instagram or TikTok, one of those places. And um you could find me on the Bachelor Zone Podcast. Um, that's uh, at Bachelor Zone Pod. I think I never help at all with the Instagram. So I hope that's right. I hope Wally and uh, Zach don't listen this far and find out I don't know our Instagram <laughs> handle. Um, but you can also find me on Instagram and threads, I guess, at real or nope, not real. That's the old one at Dan underscore Duddy underscore very underscore professional. Um, And then uh, a final reminder, if uh, you want to see more of me and Jast, check out our show at the Elysian.
4: Come see Rabble Rabble, August 18th at the Elysian Theater.
0: And we will make sure to have the link for any ticket purchases within our uh, Spotify description as well as YouTube. Rich, where can folks find you?
2: Uh, You can find me uh, continuously trying to get my cat to speak. And also on Instagram at damn that's rich. Max. Oh, you could catch me logging out of Rich's Hulu to go see Dan
1: and jazz at the Elation <laughs> theater on the 18th. You can find me on all things, social media at
0: Maxwell saying, and you can find me trying to get a really good deal on a diamond ring that i really <laughs> don't need, nor can I afford. Uh, but if you're looking for me on social media, you can find me at run Jeff run on Instagram and Twitter. If you're looking for the TV Pilots License, you can find us on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Threads, TikTok, and anywhere you listen to podcasts at TV Pilots License. If you have a question about the show or for our next episode, maybe you have a suggestion for a new show that we should be watching. Give us a call at 213-290-1713 or shoot us a DM on Instagram as we are always open to suggestions. But with the plane landed, and the seatbelt sign-off, we look forward to flying the bright skies of the TV world with you again. And until then, Moon Tierra action.